Welcome to Coaching Culture, the podcast where we discuss how we can use sports and not let them use us. I'm JP Nervin, the founder of Thrive On Challenge, and the mission for this podcast is to connect leaders in athletics to help us create a transformational culture by building leadership and character. Now let's get started. All right, welcome to episode 17, Mental Performance Training Activities for Your Team with Dr. Ellen Reed. This is an incredibly practical episode, and Dr. Ellen Reed is going to give you two tools that are actually going to only take a total of five minutes. Uh, you can do before and after practices and games, and they have been proven at every level of sport to improve confidence and focus on the right things. Dr. Reed is going to share a little bit about her background as a, not just a sports psychologist, but also a dancer, which I think is truly fascinating because she's not someone that just read about these things in a book, uh, but she actually uses these tools on a day-to-day basis as a professional dancer. So that's absolutely phenomenal. If you have listened to episode four of the podcast, I discuss journaling as a team, essentially the success logs that she's going to explain here. She does a phenomenal job explaining and going into the science behind the success logs. And after that, she's going to give us a nice pre-practice, pre-game routine that takes only up to two and a half to three and a half minutes for players to go through to mentally prepare them for competition. All right, here's my conversation with Dr. Reed. All right, I'm here with Dr. Ellen Reed, who um, works with uh, Jason Selk, who I mentioned before on the podcast. And um, I'm going to go ahead and get right into it because her time is valuable and so is our listeners. Um, so, Do- uh, Dr. Ellen Reed, uh, what is my first question for you is what is your background in mental performance training? Yeah, yeah. So, I have my doctorate in psychology from St. Louis University. I've been working with Dr. Jason Selk, who you mentioned, for about 12 years now. Um, Jason developed the mental training program that we use with our athletes and business professionals that we work with. He's written a few best-selling books on mental toughness for athletes, for business professionals. And he has a new book actually coming out in March called Organize Your Team Today. Um, I'm also, in kind of my other life, um, a professional dancer. Um, I'm in my seventh season with the Big Muddy Dance Company. We're a contemporary company in St. Louis. So I've been really lucky that I've been able to, you know, really balance my two passions and apply my experience with both performing and with coaching to one another. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, so one of the mental training tools I have used with teams and players and really seen a lot of results is the success log that he mentions in his 10-minute toughness. So I'd love yeah. to hear your, your perspective on that. What are the benefits and how do you use these with, uh, with athletes? Yeah, absolutely. So the success log is an incredibly impactful tool geared toward increasing an athlete's confidence and focus on improvement rather than on perfection. Um, you know, it's very common for athletes to have what we call the perfectionist mentality. I'm sure you see this with your athletes. Um, that's really just a fancy way of describing someone who's really tough on himself, never gives himself credit for what he's done well. You know, we're really wired to focus on what we don't do well or where we fall short. Um, you know, you ask any athlete when they walk away from a game, you know, what's sticking with them, it's probably going to be the shots they missed <laughs> versus in the shots they made. Um, so we call this problem-centric thought. 
And it's really the normal course of thought for human beings. So really, mental toughness is abnormal. What we're trying to do is break away from these normal tendencies that we have as human beings. Um, you know, the problem with this problem-centric thought is that the research is very clear on the fact that the more you focus on what you don't do well, the worse you're actually going to do. This is based on a theory in psychology called expectancy theory. Expectancy mm-hmm. theory basically just states that that which you focus on expands. So the more you focus on what you don't do well or where you fall short, you actually cause yourself to do worse. Uh, now, the good news is that expectancy theory works in the positive direction as well. So if you force yourself to focus on what you've done well or on what you want to improve, that's actually going to contribute to an increase in performance and in improvement. So the success log, as you mentioned, serves as a very concrete tool for your brain to force your focus onto what you've done well and what you want to improve. So I'll tell you kind of what it consists of. So there's three questions, and these three questions should really take the athlete no more than two minutes to complete. First thing that you're going to want to write down, and we actually like it for the athlete to write these things down. It's just that much more impactful than just thinking it in your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first question is, what three things did I do well today? So jotting down just three things that you did that day that contributed to your personal or professional well-being. You know, this doesn't have to be curing cancer. It's the little things done well on a consistent basis that really create greatness. Um, so that's the first question. The second question is, what's one thing do you that you want to improve tomorrow? Now, this can be a tough one for people because there's probably about a million things that an athlete is going to want to improve about themselves the next day. But, yeah. again, the, the research tells us that when you focus on doing too much, you'll really end up making not any improvement whatsoever. So you have to force yourself to focus on just one thing to improve each day. Um, Then the last question is, what is one thing you can do to help make the above improvement? You know, most people, as I said, can identify things they would really like to improve about themselves. But where most people fall short is by not identifying a process by which to improve. So let me give you an example. So let's say the one thing that you want to improve tomorrow is to eat better. You might identify that one thing you can do that could help make that improvement is to, let's say, make your lunch the night before and have it waiting for you in your refrigerator. Just Mm -hmm. something easy that identifies the process you can take to actually make that improvement from question number two. Um, So three questions. Three things I did well today, one thing I want to improve tomorrow, and what's one thing I can do that can help make that above improvement. And again, that should take you really no more than two minutes to to do. And if you commit to completing success logs three or four times a week, you'll see a significant increase in confidence and performance. And let me just say one more thing about confidence. You know, confidence is the number one predictor of performance in the entire field of sport and performance psychology. So mm-hmm. we really want to do anything we can to promote confidence. So, and I've said this 
I said this before that unfortunately yeah. the way we're wired does not necessarily set us up to develop self-confidence very easily. So forcing yeah. ourselves on a daily basis or at least three or four times a week to identify three things we did well each day rather than allowing our kind of default way of thinking take over and dwelling on what we didn't do well, this can really go a long way in increasing our performance. Um, and it sounds like you really saw that firsthand with your athletes. Yeah, especially with the ones that are constantly striving for perfection. Yeah. You know, it, it almost feels like some athletes feel that they have to always be critical of themselves to be that type of player that wants to get better. And right. I think that people have to break free from that, right? Like, I mean, if I look to play a great game, um, you know, people are saying, oh, great game. You know, you did a great job out there. A lot of athletes are constantly have to say, yeah, but I didn't, you know, yeah, there's exactly. always that, but, and it's like, yeah, but. <laughs> you also suck the joy out of the sport too, you know, and I think this, I think the straw, and I talk to teams I work with, break free from the strive for perfection and start to strive for excellence. And excellence yeah. is just giving your best every day, you know, and I think that perfectionist society kind of thing is just, just really detrimental, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the, the perfectionist mentality can really serve an athlete well if they learn how to use it effectively. And that's a big if, you know, because as you said, you know, there's the, you see it all the time. Well, great game. And yeah, but did you see that one play, you know, um, you know, just it's really easy for athletes to brush off what they do well as expected. So let's say, let's say you tend to be a good shooter um, and you had a great game shooting-wise, and you say to yourself, well, yeah, I got a lot of points, but I should have done that anyway. And then you really focus on what you missed. Um, and, again, taking that back to expectancy theory that I mentioned before, that which you focus on expands. So if you are quick to brush off what you do well and get your focus right back on to where you fell short, that's going to expand. You're not allowing that expectancy theory to work for you by putting your focus on what you did well, and it's really working against you by increasing that focus on what you didn't do well. So the success log is really the tool that we use to help retrain the way our brains are wired. So what you'll find, and you may have found this yourself, is that once you start doing the success logs consistently, they're going to become easier to do because what you'll find hopefully is that throughout your day now, you'll start to recognize the little things that you'll want to write down on your success log later. Yeah. Um, so it's just making your brain more aware of focusing on what you're doing well. Awesome. So I, my, I have one more question for you. That's a great activity, obviously for post game, post practice. Yeah. Um, what would you recommend if you were to, if a coach was willing to commit five to 15 minutes before competition yeah. and before practice, what is something practical tool, just like a success log that they could do? Sure. So, yeah, and I would say that five minutes is even enough. You know, I would say mm -hmm. that the coach wouldn't even need to spend much more than that during a practice to really find a significant increase in confidence and focus and consistency. Um, so what I would suggest is having the athletes complete what we call a mental workout. So I won't have time today to teach the entire mental workout, um, but you can find out more about it in Jason's book, 10-Minute Toughness. 
Um, uh-huh. And you had mentioned that you've read that book. Um, yes. So the, let me kind of give you a brief overview of it, though. So the mental workout takes about three minutes and 40 seconds to complete. And, again, it's proven to improve performance, focus, and consistency. It consists of five tools. It involves a breathing technique that we call the centering breath. It's designed to help control your arousal state where you perform at your best. So if you tend to get really amped up before games or before competitions and you kind of make mistakes that you would never make in practices, usually that's a result of high or even low levels of pressure creating a significant increase in your heart rate. And so the centering breath is a tool designed to help control that heart rate to put you back in a place where you perform at your best. Um, The second tool is what we call a performance statement, which allows the athlete to stay focused on the most important control points for success. Um, You know, if if you ask an athlete what they're supposed to focus on during a practice or during a game, a lot of times they don't necessarily have a great answer. Um, you know, focus is one of those words that we throw mm-hmm. around a lot, you know, especially in sports. Um, but a lot of the times we don't really have a great definition of what it really means to focus. You know, even in the research, we don't have a great definition of what it means to focus. <laughs> um, but with my athletes, I'm really clear and we're really clear about what exactly they should be focused on because it's so easy for focus to be diverted to the play that you just screwed up right before or the shot yeah. you just missed or the, the bad game you're coming from from last week. Um, so it really helps athletes stay focused on the control points for success. Um, the third tool is an advanced form of visualization called the personal highlight reel um, geared towards really, again, helping to increase confidence. Um, but also help increase focus and consistency as well. Um, Then we've got something we call the identity statement, which is just a form of positive self-talk that's geared towards reminding the athlete of what he or she has that makes them great and what that athlete hopes to accomplish, to keep those things in the forefront of their mind on a daily basis. Um, And then the last tool in the mental workout is to finish with another centering breath. So all of that together, again, takes three minutes and 40 seconds. So, you know, less than five minutes at the beginning of practice and then that two minutes at the end of practice. You know, if a coach would just devote that time at the beginning and end of practice, they would see a significant increase in, like I said, focus and performance and consistency and in enjoyment. You know, you mentioned that it's just not a fun way to go through life, you know, being so hard on yourself and not recognizing the things that you're great at. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I would suggest. And, again, you can read more about kind of the details of that in 10-Minute Toughness. That's awesome. I, you couldn't have uh, given, like, a better overview of that. And I've obviously recommended to a lot of coaches that I work with uh, to pick up 10-Minute Toughness just because I think it is very – I mean, it's, such, it's not even a very long book. It's just so very concrete. Honestly, right. it's one of the – and I've read a lot of mental training books out there, uh, but none of them, you know, they're all talking about the importance of that, but this was so practical. Um, and it's just really like a, a toolbox for training your team. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there 
if people want to know get more of information or follow the books, is there, do you have a Twitter handle? Do you have, um, want to give us your email or website? Sure, sure, absolutely. So our website is jasonselk.com. So jasonselk, S-E-L-K.com. My email is ellen at jasonselk.com. So that will give you probably all the info you need to be able to get in touch with us. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Ellen. Uh, we pleasure. really appreciate you having on, uh, on the podcast. All right. My pleasure. One of the questions I always ask coaches is what percentage of your game is mental? If it's 90%, if it's 50%, how much, what percentage of your training time are you working on the mental part? Dr. Reed has given us tools here that we can do in just five minutes. Beyond those great tools, she actually made some other great points. Confidence is the number one predictor of performance. And often, we just try to build confidence by telling kids that we believe in them. But telling them that we believe in them doesn't work. It doesn't cut it. They have to break free from that struggle to be perfect. When they do that, the great thing is, not only will their performance improve, but they're going to enjoy their experience even more. And I think we can not only help players improve, but bring back their joy, the joy that they, uh, that their love for the game. It starts by being consistent. You gotta start simple. And once you start to find this effective, you will find more buy-in and, and players and athletes will do it more and more and more. Really, honestly, think about it. What is five minutes of our time before and after a game to improve our focus, to improve our confidence? And I think we're always telling players to focus. I love that part of the conversation. And it's about focus on what? We're always focusing, but we wanna focus on the right things. So here is an active way to help them out. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for joining the Coaching Culture Podcast. Yeah.